Hey Bears fans, welcome once again to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And this is the My It's Pricey Bears Scat. Um, for some reason, after one of the worst seasons in the history of the Bears, the McCaskies in all their infinite wisdom decided to raise prices. <laughs> I just had to plug that there. Yeah, I think there. you said what, it's like a 6% increase in tickets? Yeah. Which, I don't think that's a big increase, but after what they just produced, that was, it, it to me, it's a little bad taste. It's definitely bad optics, but people are going to pay it, and Soldier Field will be full, <laughs> at least for some of the games, as long as the Bears aren't terrible, so. Let's be realistic, they'll be full for all the games. Most of it, so I guess <laughs> if you have a, a market like that, and you know people are going to pay it, you might as well raise tickets, even though it does seem like kind of a F you to the fans after putting us through that that terrible 2021 season. But, you know, whatever, it's big business. That's right, that's right. And what do we always say about how much money the McCaskies make? <laughs> I don't care. care. Exactly. Um, but, like you said, I, I think last time on the podcast we spent some time talking about free agent receiver targets and... Preparing for this week's episode, I kind of started thinking about, well, where are some other spots that the Bears could invest in the roster? But then I kind of took a step back, and I want to get your opinion on this, because I'm curious. Like, Do we think that the Bears are going to spend a lot of money this offseason to try to win in 2022? Or do you think that there's a chance that they could completely just go into rebuild mode and try to strip the roster down, have a bad year next year, and then try to you know, return to competitiveness in 2023 and so on. And the reason I think that that second option might still be possible is that we've talked about this, right? Like how many players on the roster right now do you feel good about being here in three years? Yeah, not a whole lot. Uh, I mean, the roster is already down to, I think it's actually like 29 people or something like that. But um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about how the fact that uh, we have this, what seems to be a large salary cap available to us. Yeah. But when we think about the amount of personnel available, it's actually not that big because they're going to have to spend some money. Yeah. I think they're kind of going to do an in-between. Yeah. Uh, I recently saw an interview with Poles and, you know, they were asking him, of course, or was it with Eberflus? It was with one of the two. Um, you know, do you think you're going to be competitive in 2022? Of course, yes, we're going to be competitive. We think we're only a few steps away. That whole jargon. I think it's going to be somewhere in between. I think they're going to concentrate on youth. Poles has used that term uh, quite a bit. Uh, and I think uh, they're going to concentrate on guys that are going to be here in three years, as you were just saying. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big part of it. But I think that they also have to recognize that um, they can't just put out product that is going to be crappy. Right, especially after what just happened. You you wouldn't think so, but it is a new regime, and the problem with the Bears last year is not only were they bad, they were like the worst kind of bad team, right? Because they were bad and they were old. <laughs> like I think they had the oldest roster in the NFL, so it was one of the oldest. Yeah. It, it, so it's not like they had a bunch of young guys running around out there that are talented and just need to learn how to succeed in the NFL. They have a lot of veterans that are, you know either already done and we're just out there filling space or are probably going to be relatively done in the next year or so, right? Like guys like Robert Quinn, you know, maybe Khalil Mack's got a little bit longer left. But the point being, 
there's just not a lot of young building blocks on this roster. I mean, and we've talked about that in another episode, so we don't need to go through the list, but you probably can think of three or four guys that are going to be here that you actually right now feel good about. And I'm not even putting fields in that category. I mean, I still think he's talented and I think he can be good, but I didn't really see anything from him last year that makes me think definitively that we've got the right guy. I'm hopeful, but you know, he, you know, struggled other than some flashes right so the hope is that he's really good but we don't really know and same with Tevin Jenkins or other guys that were drafted highly over the last couple years that just haven't necessarily shown you that they're going to be building blocks for the Chicago Bears and I started thinking about this a little bit too like if you just kind of look at the NFC right now like how many teams just off the top of your head do you think the Bears are better than right now oh not many um, uh, I don't know, probably a, a few. The Lions. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, probably the Lions. I think that's it, yeah. honestly. Like, if we're saying obviously better than, you know, I, I think the Lions are pretty much it, right? I mean, yeah. you could make some argument for some other teams, like the Giants are bad, the Seahawks were bad last year, but they still have Russ, mm-hmm. the... um. Giants definitely have some serious issues because Daniel Jones hasn't shown anything. And we know that you got to have a quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, the Giants finished with a worse record than the Bears last year, but I think they had like seven games that Mike Glennon started. So, <laughs> Well, yeah. and that in itself is indicative of how good the team is. So. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, there's like seven teams I can think of right now that are playing a different sport than the Bears, right? Like, (laughs) the Packers are way better, the Rams, the 49ers, the Cardinals are all way better, the Cowboys are way better, the Bucks, assuming they get a viable replacement for Tom Brady, are way better. The Vikings aren't way better, I don't think, but they're they're definitely better than the Bears. Yeah, they're definitely better. Yeah, I mean, if you look at their roster, right, I mean, they've got a few playmakers on offense, assuming they keep Kirk Cousins, Mm -hmm. I don't you know, say what you want about him, but he's at least uh, a pretty good NFL quarterback. Their defense isn't he's great. Top 10. But yeah, yeah, but they're, they're a team that you'd think would be, you know, floating around the playoff picture like they were last year. So you're already behind two teams in your own division by a fairly significant margin. And Again. Maybe, uh, yeah, as always. And then you got the West, which is really good. The Cowboys are, are really good, at least in the regular season. So if you kind of add up those factors of not really having much on your roster to be comfortable with, and also the fact that you're well behind several teams in the NFC, and I understand that it's early, there's going to be trades, there's going to be free agency signings that impact how we feel about the conference, right? And Mm -hmm. maybe a team right now that we think is really good, maybe everybody gets hurt next year and they end up going seven and 10. That happens in the NFL, but if you just look at where the Bears fit in the overall landscape of the conference, there's not much to really feel great about. You're right. The- well, and, I, and I like to break it down even further than that. I've always liked to look at it as our. it starts with our division. Mm-hmm. One of the things I absolutely loved about Lovey Smith was he was the one guy to me who stepped up to the podium and the first thing out of his mouth was, we got to beat the Packers, right? And I was just like jumping out of my chair when he said that because it's like, yes, somebody gets it. Yes, we have to beat the Packers, yeah. right? We have to beat them on a consistent basis. You know, our our record against Favre and Rodgers was terrible, yeah. right? 
And, you know, everybody is in this kind of uh, waiting limbo about what 12 is going to decide. Who gives a shit, right? Mm-hmm. Let's make our own team good enough so that we don't that we can be competitive whether he's there or not. And I, don't, I personally don't think he's leaving. I, 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 I think he's in way too good of a spot for him to give that all up. Yeah, I mean, well... First and foremost, right? Like I agree with what you said about Lovey. Like, and I think a lot of people kind of made fun of him when he said that because they're like, "Oh, that's just pandering" or whatever. And and those a, people are stupid. Yeah, and I mean, to an extent, maybe it was a little bit, but the Packers over the last thirty years have controlled the NFC yeah. North, right? Like thirty years. Yeah. Like so, he wasn't just saying that because it was a rivalry. He's saying that because if you pick a year out of a hat over the last three decades, it's a pretty good chance that the Packers won the NFC North that year. Yeah. Like, they are the team or, to beat. And, went to, and a good chance they went to the NFC Championship, yeah. too. Like So, like, they are the team to beat in your division until they're not anymore. Right. Right? And you make a good point about Rodgers. And, you know, I, I, we can get into that a little bit because I don't think he's going anywhere either. And I, I don't know why he would, honestly. Like... I just got done talking about how there's so many teams in the NFC that are obviously better than the Bears, but there's really not any that are obviously better than the Packers. Right. And I don't think the Packers are going to trade Aaron Rodgers within the conference, so then if he does go somewhere else, he's going to have to go to the AFC, and in the AFC you've got Pat Mahomes, and you've got Josh Allen, and you've got a bunch of other really good teams that you're going to be competing with. I mean, the Ravens, the... Chargers are pretty good, I think. So it's a much tougher path out of the AFC right now than it is the NFC. It is. If you're Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, not for the Bears, because the Bears suck, but for (laughs) a a team that is, you know, built to contend for a championship, it's going to be a much easier path. So I don't think he's going to get a better situation than what he's in right now. And I've kind of adopted an approach with Aaron Rodgers over the last, call it, six months where... Anything he says, just completely ignore it. Like, <laughs> he is full of shit. Like, I mean, he's he's going off again during the offseason and sending out things on social media that he's saying aren't cryptic, but are obviously cryptic, right? Like, whatever you think about Aaron Rodgers and what his actual beliefs are, like, he's not dumb, right? Like, <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows that by putting something out on social media... He's going to create speculation, and he's going to get attention, and that's what he wants. So my advice if, for anybody listening is you're, you're, you're going to be happier if you just completely ignore anything he says <laughs> and just, just wait to see when he ultimately decides whether or not he's going to come back. But you know, back to the original point, I don't think he's leaving. And the Packers, even if we disregard the quarterback position, are still way better than the Bears. Yeah. I mean, they've been the first overall seed in the NFC for two years in a row, and I know they lost in the, the divisional round last year, but they are a much more talented team than the Bears. I mean, there's, I think, three all-pros on that roster yeah. right now, including Rodgers. So you're not in a position right now where even a couple of moves around the edges are going to make the Bears better than them. And that's even if, I think, they lose Rodgers and Adams. Like, obviously, if they lose both those guys, they're not going to be the first overall seed. But as long as they get some representative quarterback in there, I think they're still better than the Bears. Yeah, and I mean, um, you know, uh, the Pack fans were crying in their beers, you know, oh, if this, if that. The same excuses they have every single year about why they lost in the playoffs. But 12 gifts them to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. 
12 puts them in the one seed. Yeah. 12 gives them home field advantage through the playoffs. Yes, they lost, but you know what? The fact that they just get there is way beyond where we're at right now. Yeah, it's like if the Bears make the playoffs over the last couple decades, it feels like luck almost, (laughs) right? Like in 2018, we didn't really recognize it at the time, but that team was pretty lucky. They were lucky because they didn't have a ton of significant injuries until towards the end of the year. They were lucky in that they got a lot of turnovers. They played a relatively weak schedule looking back. Like, that was a team that was kind of a a flash in the pan, if you will, right? Like, the teams that are... Very similar to the... um... Uh, to the 06 team. Or, or the one I think is more o, similar. The 01, o, o one. The 01 yeah, team, yeah, yeah. pardon me. Yeah, absolutely, right? So, like, the NFL is designed so that sometimes you just luck your way into a good season. Yeah. But the teams that are there year after year after year are generally teams that have elite quarterbacks, and the Packers have been one of those teams. So, Well, and, you know, the um, the chairman or whatever his name is, uh, for for the Packers has already come out and just point blank said we'll do whatever it takes. I mean, basically that's what he said to to keep Rodgers, right? Like, why would you not? Yeah, and you know, um, when it comes to the salary cap, the salary the salary cap can be finagled. Mm-hmm. You can really, I believe that if you really want, you can make the salary cap do whatever you want it to. Yeah, they have the they have the people to make that happen. Right, the numbers guys to make that happen, and so they can make it happen that they keep Rodgers and Adams. Yeah, they might lose some guys other places on the roster. Yeah, but yeah, and they're not going to be consequential. They're, they they might they might have an effect because you're losing some guys, right? But they're not going to be your two superstars, mm-hmm. which both of them are. Yeah, you know, I, I cannot stand twelve, but the simple fact of the matter is is. I don't know of another quarterback in the NFL who has the kind of accuracy that guy does. I just don't, I don't think there is one. No. And I mean, he's won, did he win two MVPs in a row? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously as long as he's in the division, it's an uphill climb, but that kind of brings me back to my original point, right? It's like, do you think it would be wise for the bears to go out and try to be the best team that they can in 2022 and try to sign as many free agents as they're able to with their cap constraints and try to, you know, get into the playoffs and see if you can make any noise? Or do you think that it's better that they kind of try to tear it down and say, hey, we're going to try to trade Mac and Quinn and anybody else that we can to try to get some draft picks and start rebuilding this roster? So to me, that's part of the excitement of this offseason, right? Because the last guy, Pace, he he took apart the entire team. Yeah, literally in two seasons, there was only one guy left on the roster when he took over. Right? Yeah, yeah, he got rid of everybody, right? Yeah, and, um, and like and people were mad about a lot of it, if you remember, right? Yeah, like they cut. I, I wrote a long rant when they when they got rid of Robbie Gold. Yeah. I couldn't even believe it. Matt you know? Forte, Martellus yeah. Bennett, like Jay Cutler. They got rid of all those guys: Tillman, yeah. Briggs. So so the so the thing is, is that. I, what I see now is I believe that Poles and Eberflus are going to approach the roster as we need to get the most out of what we have. We're going to have to get some kind of one-year prove-it guys uh, to fill roster spots. And then we need to 
make sure we, we got to look for some diamonds in the rough, mm-hmm. right? We got to look for those guys that, hey, he, he, he hasn't really had a great opportunity in the NFL yet because he's been playing behind somebody or his number just hasn't been called, right? Or he's been injured. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to have to bring in some of those guys and then, holy crap, are they going to have to hit on the draft. And I think, I still believe that they're going to have to trade down. Um, a lot of people I know are, uh, it, it, with the draft projections, are already using 39, picking out a guy at 39. I personally don't believe that that pick is going to happen. I personally believe that um, Poles is going to try and get as many draft picks as he possibly can. I mean, I think you have to, right? I mean, the Bears have... He's some, got five. Yeah, I mean, the Bears have some salary cap room, but not very much. So... <laughs> The best way to build out a roster for less money is by using draft picks, right? Like only call five. Yeah, like the um, the the players that come out of the draft are cheaper than anybody you're going to sign in free agency. One more, you would have had yourself a, a shrimp cocktail. <laughs> I just I just got that. Um, yeah, so um, the 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 Bears like you said, are going to have to get creative. And I think a large part of how they're going to approach next year also depends on how they feel about Justin Fields too, right? Like, I know what they've said, and I can guess what they said in their interviews, and I'm sure both of those things were, you know, generally positive. But maybe in their heart of hearts, if they don't think he's the guy, then it is a pretty easy argument to try and rebuild, right? Like, if you think Justin Fields can be awesome, and maybe they do think that, then maybe the approach is to try to fill out the team with free agency and, like you said, try to get as many draft picks as you can and try your best to put the most talented roster together next year to compete. So, so that's the thing is I got to believe that Poles and Eberflus both believe in the kid. I, I just, I got to believe it. And I have to believe it because the simple fact of the matter is is that you're coming into a situation, you're the new leaders, and you've got this kid that the... The Bears spent a ton on to to bring in. I gotta believe that you're you're going into that with your eyes open and understanding that the entire fan base is looking at this kid like, is he the finally the savior? And to step into that and not believe that the kid is gonna be a really good player, I I don't think that either one of those guys was in a position that they needed to do that. Pol- Especially not polls. Yeah, polls specifically could have gotten another job in the NFL if he wanted it, right? Like, right. He, he was going to have opportunities. and Even if he didn't take another opportunity this year, that kid's bound. Yeah, he would have had, a, he would have had seven more interviews next year, right? Yeah. And that is important when you're talking about a general manager because coaches usually, unless you really screw up your first opportunity, usually get more than one chance. General Matt managers, Nagy. yeah, well, we'll get to him too. But <laughs> ge- general managers usually only get one chance if if the first one doesn't go well, right? Like so, Ryan Pace, yeah. So I don't think that I mean, and Ryan Poles is smart enough to understand that. So I don't think he would have taken this job if he didn't think that the quarterback that's already in place has potential. Because if Justin Fields is bad, then the Bears are going to be bad next year, and they're going to be bad the year after that, right? Yep, like, and. If you already have two bad seasons, like that's a tough way to start off your general Very manager. tough. So I have to believe that is an indication that he at least believes in fields. And if you do, it kind of makes it hard to 
tear down the roster and, you know, for lack of a better term, tank next year. Right. Because you don't want to 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 stall the development of the quarterback. I mean, you don't want to get him hurt and you want to make sure that he's surrounded with the best possible talent on offense so that he can, you know, develop in year two. Because the Bears have already wasted a year of him last year. Yep. And so you only get so many shots at this, right? Like, it, especially when we're talking about quarterbacks on rookie contracts. Like, if Justin Fields is great, after year four, he's going to go from making a couple million bucks to making $30 million a year. Yep. And then that, you know cap hit makes it more difficult to spend elsewhere on your roster so we, we hope to be in that situation oh yeah absolutely i mean that's the best case scenario is that he's awesome and so this is one of the things though and right now we are in the position that we have been in before and what we're waiting to see is what we have here uh i don't think it's fair to to judge fields on his failures um last year simply because his his line was terrible and he had nobody to throw the ball to he had some really nice stuff and he had some really um you know kind of dunderhead stuff and and his coaches were idiots and his coaches were idiots so so this is to me this is like do over right it's like he's getting a mulligan from last year right and we're really getting to see this year we're really going to get a true vision and it's, you know, what we're going to have to do is polls has got to be looking at it as, you know, a, as sectional units, right? And the first section he's going to be looking at is, is the line. Mm-hmm. You know, how many guys do we have on the line right now that we think can be effective this year? Well, I think we, you and I would both agree that Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum are going to get a shot, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we got we got Cody Whitehair. He's definitely going to be there, right? We may or may not uh, have James Daniels, and then Sam Mustafer is kind of floating around in there. But I think that the general consensus about him is that he's not an NFL caliber uh, player. No. It... So so do they use uh, one of the guys they've already been um, talking about is Zion Johnson, uh, the center from Boston College, right? Mm-hmm. As a, as a possible draft pick at 39, because it looks like there's a good opportunity that he'll actually be there. Not to not to mention he went to polls on Mana, right? Yeah. Um, and he's supposed to be a really really solid player, right? But just looking at just that one unit, you see how much work they already have cut out for him, right? Because that's depending on that's that's bringing into the fact and putting. Uh, dependence on Jenkins and Borum, who are, I, I think they're unknowns. Uh, you know, I, I think that's about the best you can say about them right now. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, if you just go from left to right at the moment, like left tackle, Tevin Jenkins played, what, four games yeah, last year? I think I think he actually appeared in maybe six, but... And, and people were excited about him coming out of college. He ranked really well, but... The Bears... At right tackle. Yeah, at right tackle is where he played in college, and the Bears put him at left tackle. So we'll see. I mean, I I think he is certainly built like a guy that looks like he'd be an elite offense. Kid is massive. So we'll see with him. I mean, injuries are also a concern. Whenever you have a back injury on an offensive lineman that's 23, I think, that's, that's not great. 
James Daniels, currently not under contract. We'll see if he comes back. Like you said, Mustafer. I, I don't think anybody's really very high on him. I think he, he's probably a guy that you'd rather have as a backup. Cody Whitehair, nice player, but he's getting older. Yeah. I don't know how long he'll be on the Bears. And then Borum, right? He was a fifth-round pick last year. And I think, you know, played a lot and people were impressed. But is that really a guy that you're going to consider a building block? I don't think that anybody is saying that either, right? So yeah. it's a lot of unknown on the line. And and, and, and the impressed part with Borum is, oh, well, he had to come in and start as a fifth-round pick. That's impressive, right? Yeah. You, you, you know, he, he, he had to jump in, right? Especially last year when people weren't very high on just the draft overall. Right. Like, what everyone was saying is, like, guys that were taken in the fourth and fifth round last year would be sixth or seventh round picks in most years, right? So, like, there was just a weak draft in general. But who was supposed to start at right tackle? Um, Jermaine Affetti. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that so yeah okay I forgot about that so it was, it was yeah I think most people did it was supposed to be a Fetty he got hurt I think in camp and Borum basically had to start right away which like you said I mean hey Jermaine here's four and a half million dollars yeah money well spent <laughs> so being able to be competent and play well as a rookie as a fifth round pick I mean I certainly think that's encouraging and he's going to get a chance to compete for a starting job on the line but. It's not like anybody was talking about Larry Borum like he was, you know, setting the world on fire. Like he no. was, he was fine. It, it was like it was like I said. You know, he everybody said, "Oh yeah, he looks pretty good." Um, compared to what? Yeah. You know, Marcus <laughs> Peters looked pretty good too, or Jason, Jason Peters, Peters looked pretty good too. Uh, even though he had been sitting on the couch, well, that was because we had nothing else. We. I think it, Poles has done a really good job of saying that, you know, the offensive line is going to be a focal point for him. That's his background. That's his assistance background. And I am so excited about that. But all my, my point there was, is that when you go through the rest of the team it, and you, you apply that same kind of a mindset, it's like some of these, some of these areas on the team are even worse. Yeah. Right? I mean, like with the line, look, three years down the road like would it surprise me if none of the offensive linemen on the team last year were gone in three years that wouldn't surprise me <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me at all i mean i hope that's not the case we listed off a couple of young guys that you hope are here right. but if they're all gone it wouldn't surprise me and that's not a good place to be <laughs> right right that, so because then when you look at places like safety or you look at uh cornerback or uh, you look at wide receiver we're I mean, really, wide receiver, we have one player. I think don't look at any of those positions <laughs> on the Bears. Just just, just don't look at them <laughs> just, right now. Just, just don't look at them and just think about <laughs> think about something that makes you happier. Yeah, think about puppies. Go, go sit by a lake and drink a beer <laughs> instead of thinking about those. <laughs> um, you mentioned Matt Nagy, and both of our old friends got jobs this yeah. week. So Ryan Pace is now, I think, senior personnel director for the Falcons. Yeah. And Matt Nagy is the quarterback's coach and senior assistant for the Chiefs. Right. <laughs> so good for them. Well, we knew that we knew that those guys were going to get um, that they were going to get jobs. Um, unfortunately for the Bears, both of them, you know, got to do their rookie terms at their positions with the bears and both of them failed yeah uh you know um but i didn't i didn't have any 
illusions that Matt Nagy wasn't going to get another job right away. Now, it is kind of interesting to me that Andy Reid immediately brought him back in to bring him into his old job. But his old job didn't surprise me at all because he supposedly did a really good job in his old job with Alex Smith. Well, like, what surprised me about that is, like, if Matt Nagy's trying to go back and get a second chance as a head coach, the job that he took is not a way to do that. Like I was, I was texting some of my friends. I'm like, "What does the Chiefs' quarterbacks coach do right now?" <laughs> like Andy Reid calls the plays and runs the offense. Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator, and the quarterbacks on the Chiefs are Pat Mahomes, who's got a 500 million dollar contract and <laughs> is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the best. And their backup is Chad Henney, who's a hundred and has been in the league <laughs> since 1975 and uh, 79, and hopes he never has to play. Right, so. I don't really know what the quarterback coach there does. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, it's, like, two things, right? It's, like, is that the best job Matt Nagy could have gotten? Like, if he wanted a second shot at a head coach, his best opportunity for that, at least in the short term, is to go somewhere where he can call plays. Right. And it's also interesting that it seems like a lot of people think that he failed as the Bears coach because he only ever saw one way to do it and that's the Andy Reid style so the fact that he goes back to Andy Reid right that might mean that just nobody wanted him which I could understand why yeah um but man I mean what a what a what a fall from grace I mean to be where he was at the end of 2018 to now back basically at at the same job at, at as the Chiefs quarterback coach which is a worse job now than it was when he had it seven <laughs> years ago because like you said he got a lot of credit for doing well with Alex Smith but He's not going to get any credit for doing well with Pat Mahomes. No. Pat Mahomes is already awesome, right? Yeah. Like, so, and maybe it might be as simple as, like, instead of taking a year off, maybe he just, like, wanted to work. So he's like, all right, I'm going to go to this job. It'll be pretty easy. I'm probably not going to have to, you know, be stressing out about my career opportunity or my future this year, right? Like, because Andy Reid's not going to get fired there. So maybe he just, like, kind of looks at it as, like, a, a way to just kind of, like, breathe a little bit easier for a while and maybe in a couple of years he'll try to get back out and get a second head coaching job but it kind of did surprise me a little bit that that was the best job he was able to get I'm like I, I couldn't I couldn't believe that like the, the, the there's plenty of teams that need offensive coordinators like he was rumored to be going to Detroit as the offensive coordinator like which is a terrible job because the Lions suck but at least <laughs> at least he'd get to call plays and would basically be yeah. running the offense <laughs> they have Jared Goff yeah <laughs> But, I mean, I guess good luck to him down there. I, I hope he is able to reflect and understand why things went so poorly here. Well, you know, like I was saying, he he kind of got, that was his, you know, rookie foray into uh, being a head coach. And <laughs> it did uh, not go wow. it, it just went as poorly as it possibly could have. Other than the first year, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it was like you were saying, the first year... Um, you know, there was, there was just a lot of the ball bounces the right way kind of thing that happened that year. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was, it was pretty obvious, um, in the, in the playoff game. I think that was the first time that Bears fans really got a taste of, of what happened. Cause I remember thinking to myself after that game, like what just happened? How did we get our ass kicked? Because even though we lost by the double doink, I mean that that game was it was it was in it was the Philadelphia's game uh, the entire second half as well, far as I'm concerned and, and it all started to I remember like the first time that I saw any red flags was you know after that Eagles game right like 
Nagy spends the entire offseason, you know, making a big deal about the kicker. And remember, they had like 15 kickers that tried out. Yeah. And it was just a, a bunch of nonsense. And then the, the whole thing was, well, the offense is going to take the next step. We're going to see the new improved Mitch Trubisky. And then it's all hyped up. And you get to the first game of the following year, 2019, which was the game against the Packers. And everybody was so excited. And this is going to be the Bears' turn to uh, show the Packers that the division is ours now. And I think the Bears came out and scored six points. Yeah. Like, after having all offseason to prepare. and against That them, was a really disappointing yeah, game. Yeah, like, that was brutal. And it that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. It, it just never, ever got back to anything like we thought it was going to. And, you know, that stinks. And it stinks that keeping Matt Nagy last year effectively, like I said, wasted year one of Justin Fields, but that's what the Bears did. So, you know, um, so looking again back at the nucleus of what the, of what the team is, um, you know, we're, we're talking about on offense, on offense, you know, how, what is interesting to me is how they will prioritize the different holes uh, because you know, as we were saying, at least we have a couple of young guys who are, have the potential to be our new bookends, which would be huge for us if that if that turns out. And this is you're talking about Borum and uh, Jenkins and Jenkins, okay. right? Um, but uh, you know, we we have some youth in there, right? And uh, if uh, Daniels leaves, we still have a veteran, uh, Cody. Everything I've read about Cody Whitehair, he's a great locker room influence. He is a good influence on the line as far as leadership is concerned. So we'd only have to fill one hole, right? Uh, two, right? Or two, yeah. right? Um, and I mean, and the Bears are going to. And, and, but one of those, one of those is going to be a guard. And I was reading the other day, you know, finding a uh, finding a guard, a solid guard in the NFL is really not that difficult. No, and Cody Whitehair is actually only twenty nine. He's younger than I thought. Yeah. So. Um, but it's some of the other spots, you know. Um, uh, so running back, we're set. Well, and Quarterback, I, we're set. Because, I mean, no matter what happens, this is going to be Justin Fields' field. Mm-hmm. It's going to be his team, right? I, I, I don't think that they're going to veer from that at all, which was part of the problem that Nagy, that you and I talked about, that Nagy had last year was that he went into this guns a-blazing that, Dalton was going to be the guy, and every, all of us were just going, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, I think we're going to look back on that pretty similarly to how we looked at Mike Glennon. Yeah. It, it, it's just going to be a, it was a complete waste of everybody's time. Right. Like, nothing got accomplished by having Andy Dalton here at all. Like, all it all it managed to Nothing do, got accomplished from Mike Glennon either. No, all it meant, no. Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like, if you look back, like, what was the point of any of it? It was, there wasn't any. No. You know, if anything, bringing in Dalton just shook, uh, just uh, shook the kids, maybe the kids' confidence a little bit, you know, uh, coming in. Not to mention, you know, you already had Foles. You already had one old guy sitting on the bench yeah. getting, paying him a ton of money. Why did you need a second guy? You know, so two old, bad backup quarterbacks (laughs) is better than one. I don't know. Right. So, you know, so then if you, uh, you know, that, so that brings you around to tight end. So we got one guy there, uh, commit, commit was, was definitely more than serviceable. The, the more I looked at his numbers from this last year, he, he made a sizable jump from his rookie season and he does look like uh, he can be 
uh, a better than average tight end. And he's only 22 as well. And he's only 22, so he still has room to grow, right? Yeah. Um, so we, we, we could be good there. Uh, running backs were good, but that's where wide receiver comes in. And it's like that, that a part of it, they're going to have to attack it from multiple, from, you know, from free agency and from the draft. The line, they're going to have to use free agency and the draft. Yeah. And that's that's just on the offense. That's not even going over to the defensive side of the ball yet. Yeah, the defense is bad. I mean, and it's going to be bad. I think, like you said, right? I mean, whether it's receiver or tight end, they're going to spend draft picks there. They're going to sign some free agents. They're going to sign free agents on the line, too. You know, Forum and Jenkins, right? Like, say what you want. They're going to get an opportunity. But I would be... Very surprised if the Bears don't go out and sign at least one tackle, if not two, yeah. just so that there's competition. I don't know if they're going to sign any of the big names, but they're going to get veteran players that you know if they go out there will at least be competent. So th- there's going to be a lot of investment on the offense. And I think if I were Ryan Poles and I had to start attacking this roster, knowing how little money I have to spend and knowing how few draft picks I have, I think my thought would be, you know, we hired Matt Eberflus. He's known as a defensive guy. He brought over pretty much his entire staff that built a, a good defense in Indianapolis. I think I would say I want to give Justin Fields the best possible options on offense. And I would ask Matt Eberflus that if we give you a defense that on paper should finish 28th in the NFL, I want you to coach them up so that they finish 20th. Yeah. Like, get to middle of the pack. Right. Like, Which is what he did in Indy. Yeah. You know, he took the team, I think they were 31st when he got mm-hmm. there, you know, and he took them to 10? Yeah, and and it's not like the Bears don't have any players on defense, right? Like, so we'll see what happens with Mack and Quinn. I was just reading about how Eberflus got good play out of uh, Xavier Rhodes. Um, Xavier Rhodes. <laughs> Do you remember how bad he was his last year? In, <laughs> he in, was awful. In Minnesota, and yeah, he went there and was started, I think, every game and had a good year. But, like, that's the thing, right? Like, so say say Mack and Quinn are gone. I mean, you still have Roquan. You still have Jalen Johnson. You still have a couple other guys that aren't great players, but they're they're fine guys like Travis Gibson and if they bring back Bilal Nichols. Like, good, like, rotational players. So I, I think the defense on paper probably will not look great. I hope it looks better than it did last year. Because going into the year last year, I, I looked at that defense and I was like, if we aren't last in the league, it'll be a surprise just because they had nobody in the secondary. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. They, they literally had no other cornerback besides Jalen Johnson. It was a bunch of guys that shouldn't be on NFL teams. Right. And, you know, on that on that defensive side of the ball, it's already become very obvious that finding that three-technique guy, it, that buzz is all around right now, and it's 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 going to be a huge focal point. Yeah, I mean, if you're, uh, you're going to run a 43 defense, a 4-3, the three technique is the most important position other than uh, a, a weak side linebacker. Yeah, so, and, you know, we already got that spot. Yep. So, uh, th- that's going to be huge. And then, yeah, like you said, there's just, it's not even, a, it's not even with defensive backs, it's not even that they're bad. It's just like, we just don't have anybody. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh you know Thomas Graham, you know, could be a decent player. Yeah. Kendall Vildor could be a decent player. Um, you know, if Vildor uh, was playing nickel, maybe you know, or or I don't know. I, I don't know what that looks like. But 
I think it's generally agreed that it was Jalen Johnson and a bunch of guys last last year. I mean, yeah, Kendall Vildor, I think, like, in, like, week seven or eight, like or it was later in the season. Like, the first, like, ten weeks of the season, I think quarterbacks throwing to the guy he was covering had almost, like, a perfect quarterback rating. <laughs> yeah. Like, the quarterback rating when quarterbacks were throwing the ball to the side of the field with Kendall Vildor was, like, 156. <laughs> yeah. And I think the max is, like, 156.3. Right. So, it was about as bad as it can get, literally, yeah. right? So... That's not good. I mean, you mentioned Thomas Graham. I mean, the amount of excitement for a guy that was out on the field and didn't look completely overmatched right. was was like, oh my gosh, the bar is set so low here. Like, maybe he'll be a nice player, but he's played what four games? Yeah. So I, I, he's he's in the same boat as Jenkins. Uh, I mean, you you don't know what you've got there, and then. You know, but uh, he wasn't drafted anywhere nearly as highly as Jenkins. Right? No, so. he was a seventh, I think. Yeah, so it's not like you even have like a, a great like draft projection to fall back on. Like Graham just looked like a nice player, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, and, he's gonna and, get a shot. And, and, and yeah, I mean, that's all you want to see is you just want to see the kid get a shot. But I mean, right now, you know, he had one decent game, and uh, you know that was that's about all you have to go on right now you didn't play that much after that and cornerbacks get hurt too like right. the bears in a way got lucky in that regard last year because as bad as their defensive backs were they were relatively healthy like if you look it's not uncommon for nfl teams to cycle through seven eight cornerbacks in a year just because of injury yeah like can you imagine what that would have looked like <laughs> <laughs> they would have called you yeah oh gosh I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> it would have been similar hopefully a little bit better than me but yeah not not good so there's a lot of work to be done there if thomas graham is capable that would be huge because then you've got a replacement that you don't have to invest any money in. This guy hears from Normandale Community College. <laughs> this guy hears dead. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know that's that's one of the things is that they're going to have to when you're when you're looking at how the roster will develop. Um, you know the the next couple of weeks uh, are going to be uh, interesting because we're going to we're going to start to. Get closer on buzz when it comes to free agency, um, and uh, then just you know a month, a month and a half down the road, you have the draft. So uh, to see how uh, free agency shakes out is going to be a big, a big spot. And there are players that are on the market that w- could be a good fit. Now, one of the players that they have been talking about is that center from uh, from the Rams, uh, Brian Allen. Brian Allen, yeah. right? But and I was looking at that, and uh, I've had a couple of people comment on that. Chris uh, actually commented on on bringing him in, but I don't know why the Rams would let him go uh, uh, unless they don't have the the money for him. Which they might not. I mean, that's kind of their thing is that they go all in every year and just kick problems down the road. Yeah. So I mean, just look at the players on the roster, right? I mean, Donald Stafford. Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey. They've got some huge contracts, so they might just not have cap space. I don't know. Yeah. So, I, and, and, you know, that that could be. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the guy seems like a, a very solid player. It'd be an excellent addition. Uh, I just, it'll be interesting to see if we can if we can pry him out of there. Um, the, and, the other guy that uh, is on the market is Jensen, the center from Tampa Bay. He's the guy with the long hair. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and he's another guy that I've seen some speculation around. I mean, that seems like a position where it would make sense to go out and 
spend in free agency, right? It's right. Like, get a center that can come in here and play for the next seven, eight years, hopefully, and you know that seems like a wise investment to me. Yeah, and you know, are they are they planning on keeping James Daniels? I, it seems to be um, there's really no uh, indication either way. But it was, um, it is out there that he is probably going to be in that twelve million dollar a year range. So he he's he's expected to get multiple offers. Um, but that's just the microcosm of what the entire team is going through. Is is what is going on with the offensive line? And uh, like I said, it it would be very helpful if at least one, uh, either Jenkins or Borum, at least one of them. Uh, turns out, uh, it, obviously, it would be great if we get both. But um, you know, when you're looking at, at the offensive line, I think most people are looking at they're penciling both of them in. Yeah, which in itself is a little bit scary. Yeah, I mean, and it might be the case, right? But like I said, they're going to bring in competition. Like if both of those guys are starting week one next year, it'll be because they beat out somebody that Ryan Poles brought in, whether it's via free agency or a draft pick. I hope. <laughs> um, you tweeted out a question. Yes. Yeah, so we were so we were uh, we've decided to uh, have people, you know, look, check out these questions because we think that um, you know, we want to we we've talked about getting you guys involved and in, uh, being part of uh, the podcast and we thought that's the best way to uh, get you guys to be part of the podcast is to have you guys answer questions and then we talk about them on the air and so this was the first one that we did here and it's who is the worst bears first round pick since 1990 and before we go into our answers i'll look at uh, uh tweets here and it's uh keith said uh cedric benson or <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> or Trading our uh, pick number 11 to Seattle for Rick Meyer, which to me is my all-time worst. That was one of the worst moves in the history of the Bears. Uh, Andrew Ladd said, my my vote is a tie between Kevin White and Michael Haynes. Yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> both of those were pretty brutal, too. Well, okay, so to answer this question, you, you, you can think of it a couple of different ways, right? Like... Is it the worst player that they've picked in the first round? Or is it the worst move in terms of how it affected the franchise, right? Yeah. Because if it's the latter, then the answer is Mitch Trubisky. Like, it, it, just, it just has to be. Like, really? Not that Mitch was the worst player they've picked, but just in terms of the fact that they passed on Deshaun Watson, they passed on Mahomes... Like, that was the move that set the franchise back. Like, that was the biggest miss, I would say. Right. Now, in terms of, like, the actual worst, and and before I actually go into that, you could say the same thing about Benson, too, because Benson had a nice NFL career, not with the Bears. But if you talk to some of the guys that were on the team that time, one of the most well-respected players on the Bears in the mid-2000s was Thomas Jones. Yeah. And Benson effectively caused them to trade Thomas Jones, which right. really disrupted the culture. But right. if you talk about the worst players, yeah. like we're, we're sp- I was focused more on the worst players because the thing is, is you're right about Trubisky there, but as far as the worst player, I certainly don't think he was the worst player. No, I mean, he was, he was fine. But like, when you think about some of those other guys, whether it's Rick Meyer or Kevin White or Michael Hayes, I mean, because Rick Meyer, technically they didn't draft Rick Meyer. Yeah. Instead, they traded pick number 11 for Rick Meyer after he led the NFL in interceptions. 
So, you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, how, you know, how smart was that? But yeah, I mean, if you're looking, I, I was thinking more along the lines of looking at just the players. And I mean, that's where, uh, you know, Benson, you know, he, he, yeah, he, he had a, I guess a semi-decent career. Um, Kevin White though was awful. Well, Kevin White was just a complete zero. It just, yeah, just zero. Michael Haynes also awful. Uh, he, I mean, he was just a terrible player. Um, uh, you know, and when you're looking at, uh, when you're looking at also a couple more that popped into my head were, uh, Chris Williams, you know, um, Gabe Karimi was a terrible pick. Yeah. The, the Hebrew hammer. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the bears have had plenty of terrible draft picks. So yeah. I mean, yeah. Leonard Floyd didn't didn't produce right so like not at least not for us th- there have been more bad first round picks than good ones right. over the last several years right but it's like when, when you talk about the trubisky one i mean that's the one that you know completely set the franchise back i mean so that's where i'm coming for that i mean mitch i mean might still end up i mean he was decent here he might end up being decent i think he's probably going to get a, a starting quarterback job so I, I think he is so we'll see how that goes i mean i don't think he's ever going to be great but you know he's at least was a probably a guy that's going to be an NFL quarterback for a long time, right? But like, he's going to be if he if he doesn't um win a starting job, he'll be one of the top ranked uh backups in the NFL. He might. Yeah, so we'll see. Cuz I mean, if you look at him just against all the rest of the quarterbacks that he played with with when he was in Chicago, mm-hmm. he was better than all of them. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we we know he's at least better than some of the guys out there. <laughs> Uh, what was the who? Uh, what pick did we trade for Gaines Adams, <laughs> the guy that came here and, and literally died? I thought I thought we traded a second. For okay, him. so that yeah, wasn't a first. It was a second. Yeah, round. it wasn't a first. Okay, yeah. so but anyway, right? Like, yeah, he died. He he, he literally <laughs> died. Like he came to the Bears, played like two. You can't games. count him. He died. Oh, God, that was that was. He nice. died of an enlarged heart. Did he? Yeah, oh, he didn't die from drugs. It was just something that was not. Um, it wasn't uh, uh, when they did his um, physical. They did an EEG rather than an EKG, and if they had done an EKG, they would have known that he had an enlarged heart. Well, that is sad. But, um, <laughs> it, it, it is, you know. It's like why didn't they just do that? So I, I don't know. But uh, anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it was. Uh, it was. This is the kind of. Uh, participation that we hope that we get on the Twitter feed so that we can answer uh, your questions uh, during the show. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other bad first round picks. Now I've got my, my head spinning on this. See, because to me, another bad one that some people will disagree with me on is Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that guy. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, he got dickified. So... And he didn't. He didn't do squat for the uh, for the Bears. His whole captain comeback bullshit was all in Indianapolis. So, I mean, what did he do for the Bears? Nothing. Uh, he threw that one interception in the Metrodome. <laughs> that that's the one that stands out. Yeah. Um, one other question that I actually just saw right now came in. It was also from Keith. 
or more of a comment than a question, but Tariq Cohen skewed my perception of how long it takes to return from an ACL. I just listened to talk about OBJ, Godwin, and Gallup returning next year, and I'm thinking there's no way possible given they tore their ACL last year. And while it is uncertain whether those guys will be back week one for whatever team they end up playing for, the, the Cohen thing, the Bears obviously messed that up somehow. Yeah. Like, something went wrong. I don't know if yeah. the surgery went wrong or if something went wrong during the rehab, but the Cohen situation is not the norm. It, it's not. It shouldn't take more than a year to come back from an ACL injury, so I don't know if the Bears' doctors screwed it up. I don't know if the Bears... Well, so what they say is is that it takes a year of recovery, right? And then when they come back, that next year, you don't expect them to probably play all 17... Um, you know, they're, they're, it's like the work your way back here, right? And uh, a perfect example of that is Allen Robinson, yeah. right? Because Robinson, that was one of the reasons that he didn't have as many offers as he, he would have had uh, when we went and got him. That's that's why Pace was able to step in there with a decent offer and get him to come to Chicago. It was kind of a prove-it deal, and he did very well. That's what that's what frustrates me and you about what happened with Robinson is because he did pretty well that first year, even though he was coming back from uh, from a blown knee. And then the next two years, he built on that. And he, that third year, he really peaked, and that's when it looked like he was going to get a new deal. But no, that didn't happen. No, it certainly didn't. And we're going to see what happens with him, too. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I, I am of the opinion. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I don't want him to come back. I don't. I I, I understand that you know he came out and he said that uh, he got phased out of the offense and there wasn't that great a chemistry with uh, number one. I don't care. You're a seasoned professional. You were the second highest paid player in the NFL at your position. You should have gone and made sure you had good. Uh, chemistry and continuity with your quarterback to make sure that he was uh, being able to count on you. And as far as I'm concerned, he didn't do that. Uh, no, it's obvious he didn't. Yeah. Right? I mean, whatever went wrong with him last year, I, I, I'm sure that there's plenty of blame to go, to go around, but it was a lost year in terms it was. of his career. And, and he cost himself a bunch of money, and it was just... Uh, very, very unfortunate situation how it feels like the Allen Robinson time in Chicago is going to end. Yeah, and and, and I'm not blaming him entirely. Uh, all I'm saying is that for him to step back and say, you know, hey, this had nothing to, you know, this was, this was all happenstance on me. Wrong. You were there. You were living. You could, you were responsible. You could have made a difference. And for whatever reason, you chose not to. And so you need to take at least some of that personal responsibility, just like any other any other per- person that works at any job in the United States. You you've got to take some personal responsibility. Yeah, and, and speaking of bad bears draft picks, what what you're alluding to is Robinson on Twitter implying that the Bears just weren't targeting him because you right. know, Matt Nagy didn't want to. And then Anthony Miller is on Twitter yeah. agreeing and taking shots at the Bears. Yeah. Anthony of, Miller, you don't really have much room to speak. Of all of the people that have played for the Bears over the last four years, I'm not sure there's anybody I want to hear from less <laughs> than Anthony Miller. Because not only did the Bears trade up to get him, another great Ryan Pace move, but that was a guy that seemed to fail not because of talent, but because he was immature or yeah. undisciplined, right? Like, 
He took a lot of bad penalties. He got thrown out of a playoff game. And his rookie year, while it was promising, I think he had like seven or eight touchdowns. After that, it was a whole lot of nothing other than a lot of off the field or undisciplined mistakes. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't need to hear from you anymore. Good luck. I think he's on the Steelers now. So I don't know if he's going to last there. Probably not. But I just, I'd rather stay, see stay, them stay out of Bears business. Yeah, I just, I'd rather see them take that money that they would spend on Robinson and and spend it on somebody else. I think that since you have this new regime, you, um, you know, you wish uh, Robinson well, and he goes off and he plays with whoever. Uh, but you you bring in somebody new because whatever happened, we'll never know the whole story of what happened last year. But it happened the way it did. And it was a waste, and it's it's just put it behind you. Yeah. To me, there's uh, there's other guys to be had, um, and we're the, I I think that the Bears are probably going to have to look at that mid range uh, when it comes to receiver. You know, the the ten million guy, the twelve million guy, um, because I don't think they can swing any of the eighteen or twenty million guys, and I think you got that little tight unit of guys up there at the top um it'll be also interesting to see how the guys that have knee injuries are valued because uh, i gotta say i'm not super interested in godwin or gallup because of uh because of their knee injuries obj i man it'll be interesting to see if anybody touches him i mean it's the same knee uh yeah you know he, he might be retiring you know so but there's there is players to be had, exciting players to be had, um, and it'll just see we'll see how they piece them together. Uh, you know, I, I I looked a little bit at uh, DJ Shark. I I, I kind of liked what I see uh, what I see there. I saw some some promise there, um, and I think um, when you look further at uh, at the group, you know, maybe you know maybe some other names will, will pop out there, or maybe. We've got some trades that we can make. I don't know. Yeah, I think we're going to know. We're going to have an idea of how it's going to shape out soon because the league year starts, I believe, March 15th. Yeah. So that's when teams can start negotiating and signing players. Uh, It might be later that you can actually make signings official, but you can agree to deals with guys publicly starting March 15th. I'm sure a lot of those negotiations are already happening, even though that's illegal. I think we all know that teams and agents work together and they find a way to tamper without oh, actually sure. tampering. So a lot of those big guys, I'm guessing, will know where they're going to go pretty soon after March 15th. And then it's kind of going to be, you know, the, the second tier, third tier, and then the scrap heap guys. And I think that's where I'm expecting the Bears to be more accurate, or sorry, more involved. Like you said, is they're going to be trying to get guys on the cheap that they think have some upside. What do, uh, what do you think about um, uh, getting Calvin Ridley? I mean, I would love it, but you have to trade for him. Yeah. And the Bears have nothing to trade. So, <laughs> Dang it. It's always something. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what he's going to get. Or, sorry, what the Falcons are going to get in exchange for Calvin Ridley. But you'd think it's at least a couple of draft picks. I don't know if they'll get a one, but they'll maybe get a two and a three or something like that. Or a two and a, a good player, maybe something along those lines. And. The Bears aren't going to trade their second-round pick because they already don't have a first-round pick, and they don't have any young players that I think they're going to trade either. Yeah, and the Falcons aren't going to want to trade for um, Mac, so so you know both of us uh, put Devonte Adams out of the conversation. Um, 
do you have any other guys that you uh, at receiver that you that you are looking at that that could be a good fit? Uh I like DJ Shark. Um, Gallup's interesting, like we talked about. Um, I don't know, not really, honestly. Like you said, I mean, the guys to get excited about are are all going to be too expensive for the yeah, Bears. So yeah. anybody they end up signing. You know, my I'm gonna give this new regime the benefit of the doubt, but like, there's luck involved too sometimes, right? right? Like they could make a great signing, and in the preseason, somebody could land on that guy's knee, and he's out for the year, right? So right. that doesn't mean it was a bad signing. It's just sometimes in the NFL you get unlucky. So that's why I my more than like any specific players, my hope is that they bring in a lot of guys. Yeah, sign three or four wide receivers, draft one. You've already got. A couple of guys. I mean, you got Mooney, and I'm sure that there's somebody else on the roster that'll be brought back. So you, you want to have as many chances to hit on a signing or draft like that. And, and so I'm, I'm looking for more quantity as opposed to going out and spending a bunch of money on one guy. You know, I, I got to say, I'm just going to quickly plug uh, Mooney. Um, I, uh, I thought he had a better year than I thought he did. Um, considering what was around him uh you know defenses at least from the in the second half of the season had to have been targeting him uh but simply because they were looking at the bears roster going we don't have to worry about any of the rest of these that guys that feel like a bye week for defensive coordinators <laughs> like most most you know most games you're going in and you're looking at the other team's roster and you're like working late hours trying to figure out how to stop Devonte adams or Odell Beckham or Tyreek Hill or Derrick Henry and most most teams have a guy or two like that where you have to you know where you're going to have some fear when you're developing a game plan I'm sure most defensive coordinators were looking like at the Bears and were just kind of like really this is it like, <laughs> all right <laughs> I can figure out how to stop Darnell Mooney and Jakeem Grant and Cole Komet. like <laughs> yeah but but yeah I mean Mooney he had a nice year I think he's a nice player um having him on the roster doesn't really excite me. I think he's fine. Yeah, I think he's I, I think he's a good player and I think he um it, he I looked at his numbers and he really improved himself uh in his second season. I mean, his numbers jumped a lot. Um he was expected to shoulder a lot much larger burden, which I think he did a very good job of. And I'm really excited to see what he does in his third season. Now, I think um I still don't believe that he he's the number one guy um, unless he gets his catching skills uh, upgraded quite a bit because yeah. uh, that was the one place that he was weak. Uh, his what uh, uh, was his catch percentage, and uh, he's he certainly some of that can be put on the quarterback. But I'm pretty sure that all of us saw more than a few times where the ball was right to him and he didn't make the catch. Yeah, he know? had he had one terrible drop a week yeah i mean nobody around him wide open ball hits him right in the hands and he drops it yeah so i i whatever he's doing this offseason hopefully it's it's cleaning that up because if he becomes a more reliable pass catcher then there's nothing to stop him from being a, a pretty good receiver in this league so you know I'm, I'm sure that he realizes that and i don't know who is coaching the bears right now in terms of the wide receivers but Hopefully he's working with them, and hopefully we we see him continue. That's to um, isn't that tight 
Tyke Tolbert. Tyke Tolbert. Taylor. His first name's Tyke, whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that's I think that's the the new guy. And people say good things about him. So you know, hopefully that means that <laughs> hopefully that means that anybody the Bears sign <laughs> does well. People people say good things about all the people. <laughs> yeah, like, generally, yeah. yeah. It, it's pretty rare that you hire an assistant coach and everyone's like that guy sucks. <laughs> He's lousy. It does happen. Um, you know, the, I don't know how excited the Chiefs... You guys are stupid. I don't know how excited the Chiefs fans are about Matt Nagy, for example, but... (laughs) It's like you said, he's going to be innocuous because, because everybody else in front of him are the people that matter. It's like, it's like I was, I was joking with my buddies. It's like the guy at every company that has an office and wears a suit and he's got some (laughs) title that nobody, it's like chief strategy consultant <laughs> and everyone's kind of like what is that guy doing i was like eh, he's, he's a nice guy or she's a nice girl right like they're, they're... We, we used to have a joke that guy's name was phil why because he's just filling in what would you say you do here <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so anyway uh well thanks uh, for um uh, listening uh, for another episode i'm thomas i'm jim and we'll see you uh next week yeah, thanks for listening